Welcome to Riches in Christ Radio Ministry with Diane Kennedy. Please stay tuned at the end of today's lesson. We'll give you information on how you can acquire this week's tape, along with information about our weekly meetings and website. Now, here's Diane Kennedy. This week, we're continuing our discussions, our discussion of the hope that comes from knowing God's calling. That phrase is found in a prayer that Paul prayed for Christians, that we would know what is the hope of God's calling, or the hope that's given by God's call. God, before he ever formed the earth, chose us to become his sons and daughters through faith in Christ. And then he called us into that purpose. See, when the gospel is being preached, that's what's happening. God is calling men to bow their knee to Jesus as Savior and Lord and become his sons and daughters through faith in Christ. And knowledge of what we've been called to is a tremendous source of hope. There are a lot of aspects to the hope that comes from knowing God's plan to have you as a son or a daughter who is like Jesus in character and power. Romans chapter 8 verse 29 and 30 tell us that before God formed the earth, he knew us and he chose us to become sons and daughters who are conformed to the image of Jesus made like Jesus in character and power and he accomplishes this by calling us justifying us and glorifying us now we'll talk about what it means to be justified and glorified in upcoming lessons but he calls us into this future you have a future in God and you need to know that your future is more than just the days you have left alive on this earth See, we think of our future just in terms of this present life, but the greater and better part of our life is ahead in the life after this life. You see, God's plan for you and me includes the earth. God made the earth to be home for himself and his family. We discussed this last week. It has been damaged by sin. When Adam sinned, a curse of corruption and death entered this world, and this world is not as God intended it to be. He didn't make the world with destructive storms. He didn't make animals to eat each other and to eat humans. He didn't make diseases to ravage living things, both humans and animals. He made this earth to be a home for his family but it's been damaged by sin. Well, in connection with the return of Jesus Christ to this earth, God is going to cleanse the earth of corruption and death and restore it to a fit forever home for himself and his family, and we will live on this earth forever. That's what resurrection of the dead is all about. Your dead body will be raised to life, and you will come from heaven to to be reunited with your body. I'm leaving out a lot of details here in the interest of time. You'll be reunited with your body, a body that's been glorified, made incorruptible and immortal, to live on this earth in a perfect world forever with God your Father as he planned and purposed in eternity past. That's our future, friends. Now, we left off yesterday here in Romans eight twenty-nine and 30 where God says he's called us predestinated us to become sons like Jesus but we said that that the, that promise 
is preceded by Romans 8.28. Everybody knows that Romans 8.28, that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purposes. Well, what purpose? We're called to become sons or daughters like Jesus, and we're called to live with God forever in this world restored to what it was always meant to be. But right now, the world is not as God intended it to be. It's under a curse of corruption and death. Therefore, life in a sin-cursed earth is very challenging. And if you don't know uh, two things, number one, the world is not as it was meant to be. God is not behind all this chaos. But number two, this is the second thing you you need to know, God is able to use the harsh realities of life in the pig pen and cause him to serve his purpose of gathering a family. Yesterday we talked about how when the prodigal son left home and ended up in the pig pen because of his choices and behavior, that wasn't the father's will for him. The father's will was that he come back home. And we further pointed out that the prodigal's father didn't follow him to the pig pen and fix it up so the guy could live happily ever after, separated from him. No, the father wanted the son to come home, and the harsh realities of life in the pig pen woke him up and brought him back to father's house. Right now, God's number one purpose is not to make this life the best part of your existence. See, we still live in the pig pen. Even though our hearts have gone back to Father's house, we still live in a fallen world. But Romans 8.28 is a promise to us that he is able to take the circumstances of life in a fallen world and cause them to serve his eternal purposes. Now, unfortunately, current preaching in the church often gives the false impression that God's number one goal is to make your present life happy and prosperous. Now, of course, God wants you to have as good a life as possible because he loves you, but there's no such thing as a problem-free life in this sin-cursed earth. Jesus himself said in John 16:33, "In the world you will have tribulation. You have to understand the parameters of life in a sin-cursed earth. It'll make your life a lot easier to deal with. There are some things in life that can be changed by the power of God. There are some troubles in life you can avoid through the wisdom of God. And there are some things you just have to put your head down and go through and deal with. Knowing which is which comes out of understanding your inheritance in Christ. Paul prayed that we would know the hope of his calling and the riches of the inheritance we have in Christ. That's a whole other lesson for another day. Um, And we will get to that. It's going to take a while, but we'll get to it. But here's the point right for right now. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 4, that we overcome in life through faith. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. We have to overcome in this life because there are challenges. Jesus said, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. We said earlier in the week and last week that Jesus lived on earth as a man. He's fully God and he's fully man, but on earth he didn't live as God. He lived as a man in dependence on God as his father and showed what it looks like for a son of God 
to live in victory in this life. And when he says, be of good cheer, I've overcome the world, he sh- he sa- he's saying, I've shown you how humans can walk in victory in this life. And through faith in him, we can do the same. Now, that's a whole lesson for another day. But my point for right now is this. We overcome in life through faith, but so much of what we call faith is nothing more than fear masquerading as faith. Have you ever heard somebody say, just don't say you're sick and you'll be all right? Well, that's not faith. That's fear. That's coming out of fear. If I just don't say it, I won't die. I won't die of cancer. That's no more, that's no different than keeping a rabbit's foot in your pocket for luck. Now, I'm not criticizing anybody or faulting anybody, but strong faith comes out of understanding that there's more to life than just this life. It removes the fear that comes from that nagging issue that all of us have to face. What if this doesn't work out the way I want it to? Now, we'll talk about that in more detail in some upcoming lessons. But we're told in Hebrews chapter 11 that Old Testament saints did great exploits for God. They subdued kingdoms, they won victories, they they closed the mouth of lions. But Hebrews 11.33 tells us that they all had the mindset that we're only passing through this life as it is. We could do whole lessons on this. They were able to overcome in life's challenges because they had the mindset that I'm only passing through this life as it is. And even if it doesn't work out like I want it to, it's all going to be okay. See, the Apostle Paul knew he was part of and had a purpose and a place in God's eternal plan. He knew he was part of God's eternal plan, and he knew he had a purpose and a place in it. And that knowledge gave him faith and confidence and courage in the face of life's hardships. If I drop down a couple verses here in Romans chapter 8, Verse 37, Paul says, in all these things were more than conquerors. Now, I'm not going to read the whole passage in the interest of time, but from verses 35 through 39, he gives a comprehensive list of physical, emotional, and spiritual issues that arise in life. He talks about famine. He talks about persecution. He talks about nakedness. He talks about danger. It's a comprehensive list of the kind of issues we all face in this fallen world, and he says, we're more than conquerors. And as we read it, we see that Paul refers three different times to God's love in this passage. And he states clearly, nothing can separate me from God's love. Now, as Paul revealed many details about God's plan to have a family, he said the motive behind it was God's love. And here he's saying, nothing can separate me from God's love. Not any of these challenges life throws my way. Now, this is an important detail because when troubles come our way, the first thought that that comes to many of us is, if God loved me, why is this happening? Well, to rightly answer this question, you have to learn to look higher than the present moment, beyond the present trouble to your past and to your future. You have to recognize that there's more to life than just this life. And nothing can separate you from God's plan and purpose for you, which is to have you as a son or a daughter fully transformed and living with him in a perfect world, this world new, made new. Paul knew that if God is for you, nothing can be against you. He said so in Romans 8.31. 
What if God before, what shall we say then to these things? If God before us, who can be against us? Well, perhaps you're thinking, uh, Paul, would you like to see the list of things that have come against me? Well, what does he mean? All kinds of things come against us in a fallen world, but all of it is temporary and all of it is subject to change by the power of God, either in this life or the life to come. None of it is bigger than God, and he'll get us through until he gets us out, and he can cause it to serve his purposes of maximum glory to himself and maximum good to as many people as possible as he gathers his family. And knowledge of this big picture, God's overall plan, is what gave Paul hope in the midst of a very difficult time, a very difficult life, which he lived. If that's the context in which he made the statement, if God is for us, nothing can be against us. He saw himself as a conqueror in life's hardships because he knew that nothing could separate him from God's plan, and it gave him a future and a hope. More tomorrow. You have been listening to Diane Kennedy of Riches in Christ. To order this week's teaching on CD, Be ready for our number, coming up soon. Diane teaches locally every Friday night at 7.30 p.m. near Highway 44 in Jameson at 4720 Jameson. Praise and worship is provided by Mercy's Child before each lesson. Riches in Christ provides a website at www.richesinchrist.com where you can listen to this week's radio lesson, download years of teachings and outlines, sign up for free weekly outlines, and order Diane's book, God is good and good means good. Friends, knowing that God is good is the single most important thing to stand on when trouble hits. If you think the trouble comes from or is allowed by God, then you need this book. For information or to order this week's lesson on CD, call us at 1-888-739-6619. Please mention today's date. Our number again is 1-888-739-6619.